Welcome to a special CarisLink podcast. Over four sessions, we're going to be looking at how to look after your health and well-being during this pandemic. I'm John and I'll be your host. So relax, grab a cup of coffee or tea and enjoy. And in this episode, we're going to be looking at keeping well under lockdown. And to that end, I've invited Mandy Ferencombe from the health improvement team here in Eastern Bartonshire. She's going to spend a few moments talking through the various things that we should be thinking about in terms of looking after our health and well-being. That includes our physical and mental health. Also joining me today will be Katie as usual. Hi Katie, and here we are again. How are you? I'm still well, thank you John. I'm enjoying the sunshine. Long may it last. It's keeping me sane, I think. Excellent. And also a big welcome to our first non Kira's Link guest, Mandy. How are you doing? Hi, John. Hi, Katie. I'm very well, thank you. That's great. It's fantastic you've joined us and uh, we really appreciate uh, supporting what we're doing here. So first off, Mandy, can you tell me a wee bit about yourself uh, and what you do? Of course. First of all, John, thanks very much for having me on. I was delighted to be asked to do this. So I'm Mandy Ferncombe. I'm a health improvement practitioner with uh, Eastern Bartonshire's health improvement team. We are part of the Health and Social Care Partnership and we work in the community as well as with primary care. And our main role really is around prevention, prevention of long-term disease and illness and really helping our communities to live as well as they can for as long as possible. Fantastic. And I suppose the question that we're asking everyone at the moment is how are you coping with the, the COVID-19 um, situation? What, what have you had to adapt to 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 you know, to do your job? So I think everybody at home is adapting, I think, incredibly well. Um, but at work, as a team, we've worked hard to continue a virtual presence. So we're meeting with lots of our partners and colleagues, uh, having regular meetings with everyone, trying to keep up to date with what everyone's doing. We're very much involved with the um, PPE um, distribution hub, which is uh, currently at the Leisure Centre in Kirkintillock, so we're all taking turns to support the running of that uh, and the systems that go with that. Um, but really, the PPE aside, we're really busy trying to plan some effective community work for when things return to the new normal, whatever that will look like, um, and just trying to keep in touch with how our communities are doing and seeing the new innovative ways that we can support people to hopefully stay well. Thank you, Mandy. Can I just, for those people who may not know what PPE is, could you just talk about that? Of course, of course it's our personal protective equipment. So PPE, I'm so sorry, Katie, PPE would cover anything from gloves and masks and eyewear just now during coronavirus and also aprons, but also things like um, any kind of um, hardware, kind of uh, uniforms that would be chefs or building site workers. Really anything about anything protective that you would wear while at work is known as PPE. But for coronavirus, it's really brought PPE into the front because it's all about keeping yourself safe. And as we know, coronavirus is very contagious. So it's, it's the gloves, the uh, aprons, the eye masks, I'm sorry, eye goggles and masks. All of those things, if worn properly, can help practitioners to keep safe while working with patients and carers. Okay, thank you. Just because I know that sometimes it's very easy to slip into these, these words that, oh, 
with acronyms, that's the word, isn't it? Anyway, the real purpose of our, of our <laughs> chat today um, is to talk about how carers can look after their own health and their well-being, and especially how they can keep well while we are all under lockdown and, and the people that they're caring for, the situations may be slightly different to normal. So um, I suppose the first thing is, what does well-being mean? It's, that's another of these words that we often hear banded around, and it's not always clear what it actually means. Katie, that's a lovely question. Uh, I think it's a really important one because it's for us, it's very much not just physical well-being, it's mental health and well-being. So health improvement as a team, we have a number of excellent practitioners who cover topics such as cancer prevention, mental health, um, nutrition and feeding for children and families, lots of things that we cover. So for us, mental health and well-being is all about keeping physically well, trying to prevent disease or reduce your risk of becoming ill or managing your illness, but it's also about recognising how you're doing mentally, especially now during coronavirus, recognising how you feel and really trying to build some resilience and coping strategies for when you're not feeling so well and things aren't quite as easy as they maybe once were. I think you, you, there was another word in there that we often hear, and that's the resilience word, which, you know, what it, it, has, it does have a, a meaning, doesn't it, within, within health and well-being? Absolutely. So resilience is really all about coping with change. It's about, we, we use it all the time, Katie, you're so right to bring it up. It's about, we use it in uh, quitting smoking, we use it in all kinds of health behaviours. And it's about being able to deal with what's going to come next. So it's all about making small changes and looking after yourself today. How will you feel tomorrow if certain things happen? And we look at resilience from early years right through to older people trying to support our whole community to try to feel more confident and more able to manage that change if and when it comes. And I think that's really important at the moment, isn't it? Because there are so many changes going on and, and, and also the not knowing what changes are coming next, is it makes it very, very important. So in terms of thinking of carers, what do you think the key areas are that they should be aware of when they're thinking about trying to be proactive in maintaining their health and well-being and increasing their, their resilience? So there's lots of things that, um, that I'm going to talk about with you guys today. But when John first talked to you about having this conversation with you both, I thought there was three kind of key things I would like to cover with your carers. And they really are about understanding what aspects of your lifestyle and your what you do every day affect how you feel and how well you are making those small changes once you've kind of recognized what you're doing maybe if there's small changes you can do to make yourself feel better make yourself feel happier more resilient whatever and also I'd like to perhaps talk to you all about um signposting about where to get support and advice and guidance and I kind of feel I'm hoping you agree those three things will help your carers and others that they work with and know to perhaps address how they're feeling and what they can do for themselves. So you mentioned changes there. So um, as well as the changes that are happening to us, um, there are obviously changes that we can make to our own behaviour, our lifestyle. Um, and, and what kind of things, how can we cope with that at the moment? Because there are so many changes going on and we may want to make positive changes, but just slightly, feel slightly overwhelmed by, by everything that's happening. Can you suggest that you know, what, we, what carers can do to, to help themselves? So in health behaviour, we talk about the big five lifestyle choices, not well, the kind of choices, things that we do to either make ourselves feel well or not so well. 
the big five are smoking, eating more healthily, maintaining a healthy weight, being, being physically active or as active as you can be, and reducing your alcohol intake. I mentioned those five and they are important because we know the majority of long-term conditions, including cancer, can be either avoided or they can be reduced. The risk reduction is there through healthier lifestyle choices. So even if we don't have particularly healthy behaviors just now for lots of reasons, hopefully today I can help you make small changes and recognize where those changes might be so you feel better in yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. How can we feel confident to make those changes? And how, how can we not get sort of taken down by the whatever it is that's going on around us, which may not always be good things that are happening? So there's lots of support available. Um, I would say the main thing to, in terms of um, making a change in your life is small, is keeping it small, like I indicated earlier. Definitely keeping it realistic, keeping it manageable, small, tiny steps. If we spoke to a dietitian today and we said about losing weight, managing our weight, they would say, always say, I would rather you lost one pound every two months than 10 pounds in one month. Small changes can lead to those small, wonderful goals being achieved. And over the months and years, you, you'll find yourself feeling so much better and being physically much more able to do what you want to do. And that's just quite a nice way of seeing it, really. Um, I think people might find it hard to think about change during coronavirus because there are so many services that aren't available just now. Um, what I would say is, and I will allude to this at the end, there is lots of good services that will be available just in different forms. The NHS and third sector voluntary sector have worked ever so hard to keep services available in some way. A good example would be the Quit Your Way service, which is what's known as the smoke-free service. So they have now got a, a very, very good telephone-based counselling service for anybody who would like to quit smoking or at least talk about it. All the advice to the trained uh, professionals, and they have one number, which I can give you at the end if you'd like it, um, and people will just phone them and just talk it through and see how they feel. There are lots of services like that available for people, even in lockdown. But what I would say also um, is to be realistic about what you can manage. So, for example, physical activity. We would normally say 30 minutes a day, uh, movement, exercise, walking, whatever that might look like for someone. If they're unable to do 30 minutes a day, that's totally fine. To go from nothing to 10 minutes is great, it's fantastic. Somebody walks around their garden for 10 minutes and they never did that before, that's amazing. That's such a positive start. And that's the kind of small change that can be achieved during lockdown. Um, I would also say that um, another change to think about is alcohol. Uh, a lot of us are drinking more than we used to. I think it's fair to say during this lockdown period and even after that with social distancing continuing for some time, um, anxiety is leading to more alcohol use. Uh, again, there's lots of advice and support around things that we can do to reduce that. And one of those things is about looking after our mental health. There's a couple of excellent websites that I would uh, refer to um, that can help you with uh, just how you're feeling at the moment. One of them is clearyourhead.spot. And Clear Your Head is a really nice website. It's very simple, easy to follow. And they will support you looking at anxiety levels. What triggers your anxiety most? Perhaps looking at your routine, what you can possibly do 
to make yourself feel better, even temporarily. Looking here about your breathing, some really wonderful meditation support just now. And I know Kara's Link, you as an organization, do a lot of work with that. And there's also an upcoming podcast that will look at anxiety and stress in more detail. But there's lots and lots of things out there. It's just knowing where to look for them, I suppose. Are there phone services out there that people can access? Yeah, there absolutely are. I think um, there's a, um, for young people and, uh, and, and everybody else, there's a, an excellent telephone-based counselling service that's just been launched actually for young people aged 10 to 18. And that's being uh, promoted heavily through the schools for education at the moment. Um, but also, if you go to nhsinformed.spot, um, that's where you'll find Scotland's services division um, directory, sorry. Um, and on there are all the services that always exist through the year, but there's lots of phone numbers, lots of helplines, uh-huh. uh, lots of things are virtual. Of course, if you're not online, Opal, I'm hoping, can maybe go on and get the numbers that would help that person with whatever they were looking for. We've talked about making small changes, but sometimes people may need to make or they feel they need to make bigger changes to their lives. What would you say to someone who is contemplating a bigger change to their lifestyle at the moment? So I think that's excellent, Katie, to bring that up, because I think we're often in a hurry to make a big change. Sometimes something will happen, we'll see our GP, something will happen in hospital, we'll perhaps have a bereavement, lots of big bad things happen in our lives. What happens then is that we just want to run away and make a huge change so that thing doesn't happen again. Uh, we get a fright almost. I would say it's always best to make small manageable changes. They're more realistic. However, um, if somebody wants to make a bigger change, there's one thing we'd always say in terms of health behaviour change, and that's thinking about a readiness ruler. If you can imagine a ruler, we always say to people, on a scale of one to 10, how do you feel about making this change? How confident do you feel you can make this change? And how important is it to you to make this change? And sometimes talking it through like that can rationalise how somebody is feeling and how important it is to them. And then we can make an action plan, we can move forward and think about realistic steps. And so again, through the services directory or NHS Inform, there's a really good level of trustworthy advice with lots of telephone helpline numbers where you can talk through that with somebody and make a plan and think about what's realistically possible during lockdown and beyond because we're all different and we all have such a lot going on in our lives and actually sometimes people will come to us and talk about making changes and I'll think is this the right time for you do you really want to or has somebody else told you you have to because you know in terms of cycle of change it really has to be somebody's own desire their own motivation to really make that positive start People are having to make changes to their lifestyles because we are we can't go out and about as much as, as we want we would normally for most of us. For some people it's no different actually. In fact, for a lot of carers, some of the feedback we've had is that welcome to our world, you know, this is this is what the world's like for me. Um but but as you know, we are facing one of the biggest health crises in a mm-hmm. in a generation. We are being asked to stay at home. You know, what tips would you have to help us stay well under the lockdown situation? Is, is there anything we can do? specifically to, for this, this time of, our, of, of the life? That's a great question, Katie, partly because there's such a lot of information out there, isn't there? Especially if you're online, it's just overwhelming. Well, the first thing I would say straight off the bat is to go to nhsinform.scot for all your health information. It's the absolute trustworthy source for anything coronavirus or otherwise. They have healthy living, care and support, all kinds of stuff. So that was always my first call. But for practical things that you can do at home, just to keep yourself right, 
what I would say, there's a few things I would say to you. First of all, to try and eat well and stay, stay hydrated. That's drinking enough water or tea or squash through the day. Six to eight glasses would be a rough um, estimation, but you know, if you feel thirsty, if your throat's sore, you're dehydrated. Uh, make sure you're going to the loo regularly, look after yourself. But with eating well, if you have got a poor appetite, try to eat little and often. For the days when you are feeling better, try to cook and freeze. So you've always got some food available to just to defrost and have something nutritious. If you're having a food delivered to you, try to order things or um, get things that you like, things that you enjoy eating. I think there's such a little pleasure just now for so many people. So try to eat well, but also with eating well, we, have, we always advocate the Eat Well Guide. I don't know if anyone's heard of the Eat Well Guide, but it's the, it's the, the plate with the different portions of uh, fruit and vegetables, carbohydrates, proteins, and so on. And if you Google Eat Well Guide, it comes up straight away. I mentioned the Eat Well Guide because it's a really good visual um, depiction of the kinds of things you should be eating through the week. So you should be getting your energy from carbohydrates, uh, fruit and vegetables and proteins, and really trying to avoid those energy dense, high fat, high sugar foods that people often eat because they're cheaper or because they're easier. Eating well, absolutely, it keeps you uh, regular, it keeps you feeling better in yourself, it can help you sleep well, so keeping hydrated too. That's the first tip I would say. The second thing I would say is to stay active. Even a small bit of movement that we mentioned earlier is, is fantastic. Um, and try to get some fresh air. So if that's a walk around your garden, a walk around your park, whatever you can manage is wonderful just to be out. And it's not just for maintaining your weight, it's also about your mental health as well. Who doesn't feel better after a walk? I think most of us do. So um, there's lots of some chair exercises that you can uh, look at. And I think Kara's link has shared those in the past. And I'm sure, John, I can give you some links if you haven't so far. So chair yoga, chair exercises are really, really good. But just to keep moving. The next thing I'd say is stay connected. Uh, having a chat with a friend, a family member, or even a socially distanced neighbour, <laughs> trying to talk to somebody every day if you can. And if you are knowing that someone is on their own and you have time, giving them a little call, it's just a wonderful thing you can do for that person and they can do for you. So definitely staying connected. Um, take notice, I would say. And by that, I mean taking notice of how you feel. Are you? dehydrated, not eating well, feeling tired all the time, are you sleeping all right? But also look around you if you are able to get for a walk. It's spring. Spring is a wonderful time of year. The weather's been amazing. We've been very lucky. Look around you. There's wildlife, birds and rabbits and spring is appearing in our flowers and green land around us. So noticing that can help us to look outward rather than inward particularly if you're feeling anxious and stressed. Um, I would say to maintain a routine as close to the one you have already is quite helpful, mostly around the times that you go to bed and the times that you wake up. It can really help us maintain a regular sleep pattern, which again is very helpful for our mental health. Um, and the final one, just be nice to yourself. You know, if there's something that you like, if there's a TV program that you love, a piece of music that you adore, just do nice things for yourself and all the things like keeping in touch and eating well, they will help that. Um, this is a very tricky situation. It's a new situation for us all. Um, so do what makes you happy and healthy.
I'd like to come in here, Mandy, and just ask the question, what would you advise somebody who is living on their own, perhaps because they're on the uh, shielding list? What kind of things could they be doing? I know you've mentioned telephone support and having someone phone them, but what other practical things could they be doing to help their mental health, physical health during the lockdown period? For themselves, John, I think it's definitely, if they're able to make sure they they eat well, if they're able to make sure they have a regular food delivery, that's a really good start. Very practical things around the food delivery is very problematic at the beginning and they're so important. Um, I would say if they have a garden, they should use it and enjoy the space. Um, I know lots of people are gardening who didn't bother before, <laughs> which is fantastic. Uh, but realistically, it's probably about not being, not wanting too much to, to achieve too much. So I think we're actually, if you're online, you're bombarded with all these people who are doing all these amazing things during lockdown. And what people forget is that on Facebook or other social media, we see the very best of people and the very best of their lives. So I think it would be helpful for those on their own, those that are finding it hard, to be realistic about what life is like at the moment. And for a lot of, they're not on their own. There's lots and lots of people in the same position. But the mental health and anxiety websites that I alluded to earlier, the um, uh, Clear Your Head as Anxiety UK, uh, and for young people, Young Scott is an amazing wealth of knowledge. Those are really good places to start in terms of just breathing and relaxation. Sleeping is so important. But actually, again, if they're online, there are amazing theatre, theatrical um, shows online. There's wonderful orchestral music. I heard about Catherine Jenkins this morning doing a show from her living room. Uh, There's a lot out there if you're able to access it. I know not everybody can. Okay, Mandy, that's great. Um, and I think moving on, um, just to say that you'd, me- you'd mentioned it earlier that we will be dedicating an entire uh, podcast on um, stress and anxiety and, and how to cope with that. And um, so we'll be able to, because it's a big subject and, and obviously there's a lot to, to talk about in that. And and you've, you've covered, I think, already most of the things I was going to ask uh, at this point, but uh, that's fine. That's the way should, it should be. Um, but the one thing um, I, I was concerned about uh, when I heard it on the news that um, some hospital c- consultants and GPs have expressed concern about um, the fact that some people are either because their own health condition or the, the person they're caring for um, are reticent about coming forward for if they're unhappy or something or, or they're not feeling well. And that there's a risk that they that they might miss something that will be crucial in their special. I'm thinking of maybe like cancer or or or, or other lo- sort of lifelong conditions. What would you what would you say about that? What's the NHS's um, stand on on that at the moment? Yeah, I think we didn't realise in the health board for the first few weeks how this had affected so many patients. I think in the beginning there was panic almost and people felt they didn't want to go and be infected in A&E, they didn't want to bother their GP who was so busy and on it goes. After a few weeks we realised, oh my goodness, our patients aren't accessing services and we're worried about that. But the uh, statistic that shocked you most was the uh, cancer referrals being down 76% on this time last year. That's just such a huge worry for us. We know there are patients out there with so many non-coronavirus related illnesses 
um, that they're not getting help with. So absolutely, it's we're open for business. Absolutely, um, you should ring the helplines one 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 if you need out of hours. If your GP is closed, you ring your GP if it's GP hours, and you will get support and help. You access services exactly like you would any other time. We totally understand how the confusion has arisen. Everybody has panicked a little bit, but we're very keen to get the message out there that the NHS is open for business. That's great, Mandy. So um, just to, to sort of, as we're coming towards the end of this uh, session and uh, and I thought you'd mentioned about some of the sort of resources and stuff. Do you want to just recap on some of those resources that you'd mentioned? Absolutely, John. Uh, there's, there's, I think rather than confuse you, there's just a couple of key ones I'd like to share with you. So uh, again, um, Quit Your Way, which is the old smoke-free service. Quit Your Way um, is found on Facebook. You can Google it. You can ring. Uh, they've got a, an excellent hotline, 0800 916 8858. Ring them. Have a chat. If you're thinking about quitting smoking, if you're worried that you're smoking um, and you'd like to not be, or you know somebody else that is. Other than that, nhsinform.scot is absolutely the trustworthy go-to resource for coronavirus in terms of symptoms and services and what you should do and testing but also for things like healthy living i've mentioned alcohol keeping healthy weights eating well smoking all of those things and much much more are listed in the healthy living part of that website lots of great support and advice you've got the scotland services directory on the same nhsinform.scots that's where you go for all your local group work, group activities and services, the things that you would have accessed before coronavirus, you can still do a lot of them, but just not in the same way. Um, then also we looked at, um, in terms of eating, the Eat Well Guide is the absolute go-to for advice around how to eat well. Um, for mental health support and anxiety support, um, clearyourhead.scot is a lovely first place to go to. But also Anxiety UK are fantastic. Lots of uh, meditation blogs uh, and tips on breathing exercises just for the couple of minutes when you're feeling most anxious. Great support around that. I would say they're a really excellent place to start. But of course, um, the, the, the main one is nhsinform.scot. You'll get everything you need there. Okay, so we've we've covered quite a lot today and lots of information and and tips and tricks and stuff, which is fantastic. What would you, if you were to sum it all up in, a, in maybe one or two sentences, what would your main message be? I would say to look after yourself, to try and recognise how you're feeling and to also know that it's okay how you're feeling. Everybody has up days, everybody has down days, all of us, including John, Katie and myself, we all have them. But be kind to yourself, know what works for you, uh, know what makes you happy and try and do as much of that as you can. Know that you're not on your own. There's lots of support out there that we've talked about, um, especially when you're caring for someone and it's made even more difficult during coronavirus. Um, and just try and keep moving, try and keep hydrated and try and have some kind of movement every day. And as I say, that could be anything from zero to 10 minutes, whatever you can manage, it will make you feel much better. That's great. I'd like to thank you very much, Mandy, for joining us by Zoom. And uh, and I hope you didn't find it too stressful. It was absolutely fun. You've been wonderful. Thanks, John. Thanks, Katie. No, thank you, Mandy. Thank you. And also, I'd, I'd like to thank Katie for keeping me on track, as always.
And uh, for further information about all the things we've talked about, um, please see our show notes. Um, we would love to hear your feedback or suggestions and you can contact us at whatsonitcareslink.org.uk. In the next episode, we'll be discussing stress and anxiety with another of the members of the health improvement team. If you have any questions you would like me to ask, then please get in touch using the email above or you can phone us at 0800 That's right, Katie, isn't it? That's correct, yes. Phew. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I could see your face there saying, oh no, have I got this right or not? Yeah, I know. <laughs> And so, so we've got that. We've got that out of the way. So again, if you've got any 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 thoughts about that, any questions about that, you'd like me to ask, then then please feel free. So just finally, just to say thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay home, and keep well. Goodbye. All the views in this podcast represent the views of the individual, and do not necessarily represent the views of the NHS, Greater Glasgow and Clyde, or Carers Link.